Okay, so uh, yesterday we discussed about Sanatana Goswami's meeting with Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and how humbly Sanatana Goswami approached Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He asked Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that who am I? In a very humble state, uh, he asked, who am I and why I am suffering the threefold miseries of this material nature? People consider me to be very learned and scholarly, but I am actually a fool. I do not have this knowledge. So, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu responded by saying that, I know that you know that. It's not that you do not know who you are and you're, why you are suffering this threefold miseries of this material nature. But due to your humble disposition, you are approaching me in this way. And you are asking this question simply to reconfirm for the benefit of others. And this way we can see, because Sanatana Goswami asked these questions to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, we are getting the benefit. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu spoke to Sanatana Goswami in this way for our benefit. Because these are all, they are all Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's eternal associates. Sanatana Goswami is not a conditioned soul. He is a liberated, uh, eternally liberated soul, an associate of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, eternal associate of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who came from Golok Vrindavan with Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came uh, yesterday in Bhagavatam class, we discussed how did Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu come? How did Krishna come as Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? Sangha Pangastra Parshadam. He came with his eternal associates. And in this way, he performed his pastimes here for our benefit. Then Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu started to instruct Srila Sanatana Goswami. And he first pointed out there are two types of living entities. Some are eternally bound nitya baddha and some are nitya mukta. Living entities, those who are in the material nature, they are considered to be bound by the by the threefold by by the three gunas of the material nature, and they are subjected to threefold miseries. And why he Chaitanya Mahaprabhu explained 
why they are considered to be nitya baddha eternally or <coughs> eter- yes eternally bound and chaitanya mahaprabhu pointed out that since no one can the hist- no one can trace the history of the living entity's entanglement in the material nature the lord says that it is beginningless anadi anadi bohir muk anadi means on adi on means not and adi means beginningless the living entity is bound and because there it cannot be traced when they got entangled in this material nature they are considered to be anadi or another explanation has been given that because the cause of the living entity's bondage is in the spiritual realm therefore they are considered to be nitya baddha because the the cause of their bondage is not here the cause of their bondage is in the spiritual world since no one can trace the history of the living entities entanglement in the material nature the lord says that it is beginningless by beginningless it is meant that condition condition life exists prior to the creation prior to the creation it is simply becomes manifested during and after the creation there are also living entities in the spiritual world and they are not entangled in this material energy but are situated in the spiritual world they are called liberated souls nitya mukta two types of living nitya baddha and nitya mukta and there are those who are nitya mukta they are always engaged in loving devotional service to krishna the activities of those who are conditioned by material nature are taken into account the activities of those who are entangled or bound in this material nature conditioned by the material nature are taken into account and in their next life according to these activities they are offered different types of material bodies we get different types of material bodies due to our past activities so <clears throat> sanatan goswami then pointed out that after one understands the position of maya one can approach the supreme lord in pure devotion service in order to approach the supreme personality of godhead one has to understand the position of maya or the illusory energy of the and then he quoted the verse 
verse from Srimad Bhagavatam. Uh, I'm sorry, we quoted the verse from Bhagavad Gita, 7th chapter, text 19. Krishna is saying, Bohunam Janmanam Ante Gyanavan Vasudeva Sarvamiti Sa Mahatma Sudhulapa. Bohunam Janmanam Ante. After many, many lifetimes, Gyanavan, those who are situated in knowledge, Mang Prapadate, surrender unto me. And Vasudeva Sarvamiti Sa Mahatma, they know that Vasudev Krishna is the uh, main, the, the cause of all causes. Vasudeva Sarvam Iti. Krishna Vasudev is the cause of all causes. And Sa Mahatma Sudulapa, that great soul, such a great soul, is very rare. So, by understanding Krishna to be the cause of all causes is the real knowledge. Those who understood that Krishna is the cause of all causes is situated in actual knowledge and they are considered to be Gyanavan. Real Gani, real Ganavan is the one who has recognized Krishna as the cause of all causes. Just as in Brahma Samhita, the first verse, in the fifth chapter, it has been pointed out, Ishvara, Parama Krishna, Satchidananda Vigraha, Anadir Adir Govinda, Sarvatara. Cause of Sarvakaranaka, the cause of all causes. So, <clears throat> that is the real understanding. Uh, material knowledge uh, does not take us to that understanding. It is that spiritual knowledge that is the real knowledge. The Vedas are also describing that. This material nature is the world of Agyan. Material knowledge is not Gyan, it is Agyan. And the spiritual knowledge is the real knowledge. So to understand Krishna is the ultimate but Sa Mahatma Sudhulapa, that a person who recognized Krishna as the cause of all causes, the ultimate source of everything, and knowing him in that way, when one surrenders unto Krishna, then he is considered to be Gyanavan. So that way we can see. The devotional service is the ultimate product of absolute knowledge. Uh, Prapadate, 
knowing me in that way, prapadate, prapadate means surrenders unto me. Gyanavan maam, prapadate. One who is situated in knowledge, surrenders unto me. So we can also look at it the other way around. One who has surrendered unto Krishna, we have to understand that he is situated in absolute knowledge. Now how we surrender, that is uh, another consideration. And there are four types of people who surrender unto Krishna. Those four types are Artha, Arthati, Jigyasu and Gyani. Not that only Gyanis are surrendering to Krishna. Being distressed, one surrenders unto Krishna. Artha. We find that, that people are joining ISKCON because they don't have any other means for survival. It happened. Many families joined in ISKCON because of being distressed. Prabhupada gave them shelter. Then, Artharthi. We find many, especially in India, people join ISKCON in order to get an opportunity to go to America and earn money. Artharthi, fine. That's also okay. In search of money, in order to get money, or somebody joins this con in order to get some financial benefit. That's also okay. Jigashu, inquisitive about the spiritual life. And those who are situated in knowledge, as I mentioned, Vasudeva Sarvamiti. Krishna is the ultimate shelter, Krishna is the cause of all causes, therefore let's surrender. Now the main point is. No matter how and why we join ISKCON, we shouldn't live ISKCON. I'm specifically saying ISKCON because ISKCON is the shelter where living entities are getting an opportunity to surrender unto Krishna and render devotional service unto Krishna. Somebody may come with the desire to earn money. An opportunity will be there, but don't get carried away. Don't get carried away. That's an unfortunate phenomenon that we often notice. That one joins ISKCON, gets an opportunity to go to America because in America there is a need for pujaris and cooks. Sometimes devotees are taken to America or... And when they go to America, they stay in the temple for three years. After three years, they become qualified. When one goes to America with a, with a religious visa, and if he stays in there for three years, he gets the... He, or rather, when one goes to America and uh, with a green card, gets a green card, uh, then after three years, one actually becomes qualified to get a green card. And when one gets a green card, he gets a residency in America and he can get a job. 
and then he gets a job or an opportunity to work outside, leaves the temple and gets lost. That is not good. That is Maya's trick. Now, what is more important? What is more important? To make money or be, get devotion to Obviously, we know that no amount of wealth of this material nature can measure or can equal to devotion. No amount of wealth in this world can, can match the devotion to Krishna. So that is how valuable Krishna consciousness is. That's why I'm emphatically making this point. That when you come to Krishna consciousness, don't ever leave this movement. That's what Prabhupada told me emphatically. That never leave this movement. Never leave this movement. No matter what. No matter whatever happens. Never leave this movement. Why? Because what we are getting in ISKCON, it's a very, very rare opportunity. It's a very rare wealth. As I mentioned, all the wealth of this world you can put together. Not only of this world, of this entire universe. Even the position of demigods, even the position of Indra, if it's a choice, getting the position of Indra, becoming the king of heavenly planet, and getting the opportunity of becoming a devotee. Uh, if I ask, uh, how many of you opt for the position of Indra? Raise your hands. Wonderful. <laughs> but do you really, are you saying it? I mean, are you not lifting your mind, lifting your hand just to please me or what? Okay, let's put it this way, in a simpler way that one can actually conceive, one can understand, one can comprehend. That if you get thousand million, say if you are offered a billion, thousand million dollars in exchange of Krishna consciousness, how many of you will go for that? Very nice. Sometimes somebody gives a smart answer. The smart answer is, okay, I'll take the money and use it in Krishna's service. But as I said, it's a smart answer because I know that you'll never do that. And the choice, as I mentioned, the condition is Krishna consciousness and the money. And we have seen, it's so easy to lose Krishna consciousness because of this allurements. So the point is, never ever leave Krishna consciousness. Because just stay in this movement, stay practicing Krishna consciousness. Then what will be the benefit? The benefit will be at the end of this life, we'll go back to the spiritual all your suffering conditions will be gone. 
he'll be situated in a state of eternal bliss, eternal joy. <clears throat> then Sanatan Goswami explained to Chaitanya, uh, uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu explained to Sanatan Goswami about Krishna's multi-forms and his ultimate opulence, unlimited opulence. He also described the nature of spiritual manifestation, the material, material manifestation and the manifestation of the living entity. He also informed Sanatana Goswami that the planets in Vaikuntha, known as the planet in the spiritual sky known as Vaikuntha and the universes of the material manifestation are actually different types of manifestations for they are the created manifestations of two different types of energy. The spiritual manifestation is eternal, full of knowledge and full of bliss Whereas the material manifestation is temporary, transient, and miserable. As far as Krishna himself is concerned, he is directly situated in his spiritual energy or specifically in his internal potency. This material nature is Krishna's external nature, external potency. And spiritual nature is Krishna's internal potency. Internal nature or the spiritual nature is the world where Krishna is situated. And material nature is where we put ourselves as the center. And in this material world, we are trying to exploit this nature for our enjoyment. Therefore, this material nature is the nature or world of exploitation, whereas the spiritual world is the world of service. These are the two different natures due to two different attitudes. When we develop a service attitude to Krishna, then we become situated in the spiritual world. And Prabhupada pointed out, that this service attitude is there in every living entity. Only thing is that in this material nature, we are illusioned to think that we can lord over, we can enjoy. We can, instead of becoming a servant, we can become the lord, of, the lord and master. But actually we become, we remain the servant here also. Somebody may think that he is a big lord and master. He is a multimillionaire running a multinational company. But is he really the lord and master? No. He is a servant of his wife. He is the servant of his children. He is the servant of his employees. What a big headache he has to 
he has to maintain, he has to bear, because he has to always consider, I have to pay the salary, I have to pay the bills. It's not that the big, big companies, they are totally free from anxiety. The owner of the big, big companies. And another thing we can see, this how illusory this material nature is. In America, sometimes I stay in a very, very, uh, uh, what should I say, very exclusive areas where the buildings are costing millions of dollars. But I noticed during the daytime nobody is around. They have big mansions, big uh, villas, but uh, they are not at home during the day. Early morning they leave and they come back at home at night just to uh, sleep. And <laughs> once I was joking with one devotee pointing out to those mansions that are empty, the owner of the building is working uh, to maintain his mansion. He can't stay there. And who are actually enjoying? Their servants are enjoying. At home during the day, they are not there, but their servants are there. They are enjoying. The so-called masters are out making money to maintain their mansion. So this is how we can see that by nature we all are servants. Prabhupada pointed out the education system is simply to create servants. Like they're studying so hard to get a degree. Say for example, in India it's a big thing to get admission in IIT. They struggle so hard. Okay, after five years they get their degree. What's the purpose of getting the degree? To get a job. The purpose of getting the degree, all this effort is simply to get a job. Job means, huh? in Hindi the word becomes very clear. Huh? No kri. The word no kri comes from the word no kar. No kar means a servant. In Bengali also it is chakri. The word chakri is coming from chakar. Chakar also is used in Hindi. That chakar means a nokar or servant. So that's what is going on. Like everyone is trying to become a servant. Of course, when they study and get a good qualification, then they get a, they become a servant of a big man. Got a job in Microsoft. Got a job in Google. Everyone is so excited. Oh, I got a job in Microsoft. I got a job in Boeing. I got a job in Rolls Royce. But ultimately what it is, 
a job. Became, I became a, what they're actually meaning, I became a servant of Microsoft, I became a servant of uh, Apple, I became a servant of Google. <laughs> but the point is, why become the servant of those individuals? Those who are themselves a servant, become the servant of the real master. And that is Krishna. Krishna is the supreme personality of Godhead. So that is the intelligent thing to do. And that's why it has been pointed out, Gyanavan Maan Prapadrati. Those who are situated in knowledge, they surrender. And Sanatana Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is pointing out again, those who understand the Lord's illusory energy, they surrender. So, it is uh, very important to recognize the identity of the Supreme Personality of Godhead and understand his different potencies, different energies. He has uh, three different types of energies. Internal potency, external potency and marginal potency. Krishna's internal potency is the spiritual world. This material nature is Krishna's external potency, external energy. And the living entities are his marginal potency. Why they are marginal? Margin, margin separates. Margin is a line that separates two different areas. How many of you remember graph? Huh? Right, very good. So in a graph you saw the axis. What is the axis? Is zero. And the left hand side of the zero is minus and right hand side of the axis is plus. Positive kingdom, negative kingdom. And the separating line is the margin. The margin, now the living entities are the marginal potency. Marginal potency means they can either be there or they can, or they can be here. The living entities have the prerogative to either remain in the material nature or go to Krishna's spiritual nature. That option the living entities have, especially when they get the human form of life. The human beings have this prerogative to decide for themselves. The subhuman species do not have that prerogative, do not have that opportunity. And superhuman species also do not have that prerogative. The demigods don't have the prerogative. The human beings only have that prerogative. The demigods, they are stuck there in the heavenly planets. 
And if the demigods have to go out of this material nature, they have to either wait for the dissolution, the final annihilation, or they have to come down to the earth planet to get this opportunity. Because this opportunity is available only to the human beings. In this respect, I give an example. How many of you know the structure of the universe? Raise your hands. Oh, okay, very good. The structure of the universe is seven higher planetary systems, seven lower planetary systems. Now consider seven higher planetary systems means the seven stories above ground and lower planetary systems mean seven flows in a building. Seven floors are above ground and seven floors are below ground. Do, do you have structures below ground? Basement? We generally have one floor or two floors as basement. But the universal structure has seven stories below and seven stories above. Now, the seven stories above, ground floor is the first floor. And then there are one after another. Now, if you want to get out of this building, from where do you get out? Can you get out from the basement? No. Can you get out from the top floor? No. When you have to get out of the house, where do you get out from? The ground floor, right? And the ground floor is the floor where is the earth planet. Earth planet is the ground floor. And the gateway therefore is from the earth planet. Can you go out from, once again, can you go out from 7th floor? Can you get, go out from 6th, 5th, 4th, 3rd, 2nd, 1st? No, I'm sorry, 1st is the ground floor. So if you have to go out, which floor do you have to go out from? Ground floor. And 7th floor above, meaning the ground floor is the earth planet. And below there are seven lower planetary systems. So the only way out is the earth planet. That's why the life of a human being in the earth planet is so rare. Only the human being has the opportunity to get out of this material nature from this universe. So that's why time and time again the scriptures have given that reminder. Labdha sudur labham idam bahusam bhavante. Now that you've got the human form of life, take advantage of it. Bahusam bhavante. After many, many possibilities, you have got this human form of life in the earth planet.
out of 8,400,000 species, you got this opportunity. After 8,400,000 possibilities, you have got this opportunity. So take advantage of this. And that's what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is reminding us through Sanatana Goswami. Take advantage of this human form. And then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu pointed out that there are different processes by which Krishna can be understood. Different processes. One is the process of empiric knowledge, meaning speculative knowledge. Through the speculative knowledge or through this so-called jnana, one recognizes Krishna, one sees Krishna's bodily effulgence, Brahma Jyoti. Then the other process is, the other process is yoga meditation. Through the process of yoga, one sees Krishna in the heart as the super soul when one achieves the perfection. And then through the process of devotional service that begins with surrender, one recognizes Krishna as he is. And that is Krishna as the Supreme Personality of God. In that respect, Sanatana Goswami repeated one verse from Srimad Bhagavatam. The second chapter of the first canto. That is, one understands him as Brahmeti Paramatmeti Bhagavaniti Shaptate. Badanti Tat Tattvidas Tattvam. Those who know the tattva, those who know the absolute truth. Judge Ganam Abdayam Advayam is non dual. Non dual means one absolute truth. That absolute truth is seen in three different ways Brahmeti, Brahma Jyoti, Paramatmeti, Bhagavaniti Shabd. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has explained that through the process of empiric knowledge, one perceives that supreme absolute truth as Brahma. Brahma Nefaljas, Brahma Jyoti. Through the process of yoga, one sees the Lord in the heart as the Paramatma. And through the process of devotional service, one sees him as Bhagavan. So then uh, it's pointed out that Brahma Jyoti is the distant perception. Paramatma realization is little closer. But 
understanding him recognizing him as bhagavan is the absolute and ultimate understanding in that respect proper once given example <clears throat> that when you see a train coming from a distance at night what do you see you see the light the headlight that is in front of the train how many of you have seen a train coming from a distance yes everyone has that experience impatiently waiting in the platform for the train to come and then you see all of a sudden from a distance the light is seen oh now the train is then when it comes closer then you get to see the train and then when it comes to a platform then what you see in the train there are different people in the compartments so brahma jyoti is perceiving the lord's bodily effulgence is a distant perception little closer perception is the perception of the super soul in the heart and seeing the lord as the supreme personality of godhead is the closest and ultimate perception so so in this way through the three different processes the lord is perceived in three different ways although he is one that one absolute truth is seen in three different ways due to three different approaches now which way do you want to approach him uh, how many of you want to approach him through gana and see him as brahma jyoti no one how many of you want to see him as the super soul through yoga and meditation ashtanga yoga yes you want to see him as the super soul through ashtanga yoga now you know what to do what you have to do huh? are you ready to go to himalaya huh and then no, that's the beginning go to himalayas and then you practice the yoga yama niyama asana not just asan before that is yama and niyama that means you have to purify purify yourself both externally and internally purification of body you have to get the pure body to do that. you have to get a pure mind to do that then pranayam you know what pranayam entails stop breathing and we are now taking in inhaling and giving out exhaling but when you practice yoga then you have to practice kumbhaka retaining and this retaining the air ultimately stops the inhaling and exhaling can you do that are you ready to do that huh 
and then comes pratyahar withdrawing the senses from the from the objects of the senses vishamitra did that for 64000 years but couldn't succeed anyway the point is uh, those of you have raised your hands i'll simply tell you to forget it <laughs> it's not possible to perceive the super soul in the heart through the process of yoga some rare individuals could do that but then again uh, after you have perceived the yoga the super soul in the heart then what do you do super soul and your spirit soul when you come across the super soul recognizing you as a minute spirit soul what do you do you surrender and when you surrender then through the process of devotional service you receive the mercy of the lord and then he reveals his identity to you as bhagavan as the supreme personality of god as krishna and krishna stood bhagavan swayam so now do you want to surrender after the entire yoga process and achieving perfection or you want to surrender from wherever you are now what will you do how many of you want to first achieve yogic perfection and then surrender or how many of you want to just surrender wherever you are yeah gyanavan mang prapadate this is a sign of real knowledge and sign of real intelligence uh, devotional service is meant for the real intelligence jajanti hi sumedhasah those who are sumedhasah those who have developed a very advanced and beautiful intelligence it is for them so this is how one is actually becomes qualified eligible to surrender unto the supreme personality of god so once again devotional service is it a, is it a very difficult process or a simple process only we have to change our attitude change our attitude instead of trying to exploit we have to become servant as i mentioned servants we always are either your boss's servant or your wife's servant or your children's servant you're always serving somebody can't help it so why not serve the supreme personality of god because if you serve him if you develop the service attitude to him then your life becomes perfect and the supreme personality of godhead is not impersonal as the gyanis perceive Brahma Jyoti, 
A jyoti, the light, is not a person. Energy is not a person. The energetic is the person. So the Lord is a person. We are persons. He is a person. He has a personality. The Supreme Lord is as, as much an individual as other living beings. He is also an individual personality. But he is different in that he is the supreme and all other living beings are subordinate to him. He is the supreme person and we all are subordinate to him. So is it clear? So will you be, now the question is, again, do you want to become the Lord and Master or do you want to become a servant? How many of you want to become lords and masters or mistresses? Huh? No one. I have a real wise assembly. And how many of you want to serve? Who will you serve? How many of you want to serve your boss? Huh? Or how many of you want to serve your wives? How many of you want to serve your husband? No hands going up. The husband and I'm sure are going to be very upset. Yes, continue to serve your husband. The husband continue to serve your wife, recognizing each other. As Chaitanya Mahaprabhu pointed out, Dasa Anudasa Dasa Dashini. I am the servant of the servant of the servant. Service attitude is developed with Krishna in the center. So then by rendering devotional service, what do we achieve? By rendering devotional service, we get to know Krishna. So let's get this point clear. In order to come to the platform of devotional service, we have to recognize Krishna's external energy, maya, material nature. Unless and until we recognize the external energy, unless and until we are we are recognizing the illusory influence of this energy and becoming subjected to that unless and until we realize that we are suffering in this material world. We cannot come to the platform of service. The point is here, point is made here is that one should not render devotional service to enjoy this material nature. We should become free from that enjoying tendency. In that respect, in Ramanuja Sampradaya, there is a custom. That custom is that before one gets initiation, 
one has to have permanent mark in the body, which is done by red hot copper symbols. Actually, in ISKCON, we at least don't, don't have to go through that process. <clears throat> you know what they do? With that red hot copper symbol, they put the mark, put the mark on your body. Can you imagine? Burning copper uh, is burning your body to put a permanent mark. And not just once. 12 times, at least 10 times. How many of you are ready for that? But they had to be ready for that. You know why? Because when you realize how terrible is the suffering of this material nature, that suffering becomes totally insignificant. So that is the qualification that they have to acquire to become initiated. Unless and until you recognize how miserable how terribly suffering this material nature is, you cannot really properly surrender to Krishna. So the first qualification, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu told Sanatana Goswami, that one has to understand Krishna's illusory potency, illusory energy. And illusory energy means the suffering condition of this material nature. So I will simply ask you a question. Now, how many of you are feeling earnestly that you are suffering in this material nature? Very good. That is the prerequisite. And when we recognize the suffering condition of the material nature, then we surrender unto Krishna, which is the beginning stage of devotion to service. And then we develop our relationship with Krishna. Devotional, by devotional service, one gets to know Krishna. And Krishna has various forms. One is Swayam Rupa. That is Krishna's original form. Krishna, as Krishna in Vrindavan, is his Swayam Rupa. And <clears throat> the personal form and then Tad Ekatmaru. Tad Ekatmaru. That form, uh, that form is that, that form is like Krishna but a little different. One uh, example for that is Balaram. Balaram looks exactly like Krishna. But his complexion is milk white. Only the complexion is different. Krishna's complexion is like monsoon cloud. Balaram's complexion is like milk white. Otherwise, looks the same. And <clears throat> so it's described here Tadekatmaru is that form that most resembles the Swayam 
but there are some differences in the bodily features. The Tadekatma Rupa is now divided into two manifestations, the personal expansions and Vilas. Krishna's Vilas, personal form, personal expansion, soil expansion and his Vilas. And as far as then there is another configuration, Swayam Rup, Tadekatma Rup and Avesh. The Avesh Rup is concerned when Krishna empowers some suitable living entity to represent him, which is known as Shaktavesh Avatar. So in this way Krishna has many avatars, many incarnations, like there either Swayam Prakash or Vilash Prakash. Anyway, that is, then it becomes quite complicated. <laughs> that, like how Krishna expands himself. Narad Muni went to Vrindavan. Well, I'm sorry, went to Dwarka. He wanted to see that how Krishna is dealing with 16,000 wives. Like a man becomes completely flabbergasted dealing with one wife and how Krishna is dealing with 16,000 wives. So Narad Muni wanted to go there and see that. He went to Dwarka. So he went to Rukmini's palace. And so Krishna is there. Rukmini is taking care of Krishna. Then Narad Muni went to Sattabhama's palace. He saw Krishna is there with Sattabhama. Then he uh, went to uh, Tungavida's palace and one after palace, another palace is going and he is seeing that Krishna is with his queen, with his children, he is doing different things. He is with Jambavati, he is with Mitravinda, and 16,000 wives, 16,000 Krishna, 16,108 wives, 16,108 Krishna. Krishna is dealing with them. That means Krishna, the same Krishna expanded himself into all these forms. Can Krishna do that? Uh, yes, that's why he is the Supreme Personality of God. Narad Muni was Narada's astonishment to see the expansions of Krishna. He wondered how the Lord was present with his queens in each and every one of his 16,108 palaces. With each queen, Krishna himself was in a different form, acting in different ways. In one form, he was engaging in playing with his children, 
and in another form he was performing some household work these different activities are conducted by the lord when he is in his emotional form which are known as vaibhav prakash expansion in his vaibhav prakash feature the lord manifests himself as balaram the balaram feature is as good as krishna himself the only difference being krishna's bodily hue is dark and balaram's is fair in his two-handed form as the cowherd son of nanda maharaj krishna fully exhibits his opulence beauty wealth attractiveness and pastimes so these are four specific feature that is there only in the swayamrup that is krishna as the son of nanda maharaj in brinda his uh, opulences four different types of opulence his madhurya like there are different leela madhuri and rupa madhuri then uh uh then with his rupamadhuri lilamadhuri uh, uh his vatsala his this friendship uh, and venu madhuri playing flutes these are the four madhuris of krishna that is only in his swayamrup not in any other form there are so krishna's incarnations also has been classified into six different categories those six categories are krishna's six different incarnation are gunavatar jugavatar leelavatar manvantar avatar and shaktavesh krishna who and purushavata that one i mixed up purushavata krishna as mahavishnu or karunadakshay vishnu garbhadakshay vishnu and shirodakshay vishnu these three are krishna's purushavata krishna's gunavatars three gunas krishna is controlling the three gunas in three different incarnation as vishnu he is controlling the mode of goodness as brahma he is controlling the mode of passion and as lord shiva he is maintain he is maintaining the mode of ignorance and these are the gunavatars there are four jugas and in four jugas the lord appears as the jugavatars then he performs his pastimes his leelas his pastimes uh, as uh, nishinga 
Varaha, Purma, these are his Lilavatar. Then Manvantaravatar. In every Manu's reign, Krishna appears as Manvantaravatar. In the Manu's reign, the Lord appears like in this Manvantar, the Manvantar avatar is Vamandev. And then Shaktavesh avatar. The Lord empowers some living entity. They are known as his Shaktavesh avatar. Like Narad Muni, Prithu Maharaj, Basdev. These are Lord's Shaktavesh The Lord empowers some living entity to achieve some wonderful mission. So these are the six different types of incarnations. So in this way, Sanatana Goswami was instructed by Sri Chaitanya which is known as Sanatan Shiksha, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teachings to Sanatans. Okay, now we can take some questions about this. So, the first question is from Sabbasachi Das. Sabbasachi. Okay. Dear Guru Maharaj, please assume my humble obeisances. Could you please explain if the earth planet is the only gateway out of the material world or is it all the planet on the ground floor? of this universal building. Earth planet is actually Bhul Loka. That this lane, this plane, all the planets are called, it is called Bhul Loka, the Earth planet. The Bhul Loka is identifying Earth planet. And in Bhul Loka, Earth planet, not only just earth planet, but human form. And this Bhur Loka also has various places of Lord's pastimes. That's what makes this planet so special. And are there innumerable planets on each planetary system of the universe? Uh, no, that I mean, when you look at the planet, then they are the levels. There are different planets in different, like say for example, Swar Loka. There are different planets there, heavenly planets. But then Mahar Loka, Jana Loka. And then ultimately it is going to Sata Loka, where Lord Brahma. But the planes of these planets are the same. 
and there are many innumerable universes and in each universe there are innumerable planets. So the layers or the levels are there and there are many, many planets in that. But in the Purloka, this, this planet is very special. This Bhurloka's description also is there. There are seven islands and seven oceans and so forth. So what our concept of Earth planet is may not be the, the entire description of Bhurloka. Men Bhakta Das Bhakta Das Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. Thank you very much for your wonderful class. Question, as you explained yesterday that there are five levels of consciousness out of which trees are having lowest level of consciousness, thus can't feel much pain or pleasure. As the consciousness grows, one can feel pain and pleasure to higher extent. So how is it that Devotees hearing highest level of con having highest level of consciousness transcend threefold miseries as explained through the example of heart transplant. Uh, let me see what. How is it that devotee having highest level of consciousness transcends threefold miseries as explained through the example? Of heart trans, heart trans, heart transplant. Is that what you meant? I don't understand the link. Three, the link between threefold miseries and heart transplant. Bhaktadas. Okay, maybe I'll answer the question later. Let me go. Next question is Rakhal Raja Das. Where is Rakhal Raja Das? From yesterday's class, we learnt about Sanatan Sanatan Goswami, the desire to surrender to lotus feet of Gauranga Mahaprabhu. First of all, He resigned from royal activities, go to jail and leave his blanket. If anybody desired to surrender to Lord Lotus Feet of Gauranga Mahaprabhu, should he leave all things as like Sanatana Goswami? It will be good if you can do that. <laughs> but if you can't, then stay where you are. If you all... The thing is that I'll say if you're not married, then you can do that. But if you're married, then go through your household. No running away from it. Therefore, Srila Prabhupada told me not to get married. He even told me, don't get involved with any woman. <laughs> and that's, 
and that's necessary actually. If you want to commit yourself fully to Krishna consciousness, then yes, you have to be free from that entanglement. Next one is Dhira Gauradas. Yes, Guru Maharaj, please accept my most humble obeisances. Thank you very much for the wonderful class. Guru Maharaj, when we are forced with difficulties, like physical difficulties, disagreement with devotees, or frustration arising out of our burden of services, it becomes very difficult to maintain proper consciousness and therefore our determination in Krishna consciousness becomes weak. What is the solution in these circumstances? <laughs> See, that's why Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and that's why Krishna says, tolerate. The material nature will be full of difficulties. Difficulties will come. You can't avoid it. But we have to simply tolerate our difficulties with our Krishna consciousness. Okay. So, physical difficulties, as you are saying, uh, devotee relationship difficulties and uh, all kinds of difficulties, service difficulties, but just carry on. Because Krishna simply wants to see how much you are prepared to surrender unto him. Ankit Malavya. Question, many times Prabhupada also said that many of his disciples will go to heavenly planet. Only rare souls will get a chance to go to Golokvindavan. And today, Gurudev, you also explained about the lower and higher planetary systems. So by practicing Krishna consciousness, the person will get a chance of becoming human being in the in the in the next life, and will continue devotional practice, just like the examples of Jaraparat. or the devotees of Krishna may also go to the heavenly planet. If so, then they will get a chance of going back going back to Godhead after a long time after becoming demigod. Yeah, the chance, ch the possibilities are there, but don't take a chance. Alright? That is, don't develop any other attachment besides Krishna. Going to heavenly planet, you can have some enjoyment, but then what? Then you have to come back here again. When Punna, the pious activities, the credit for the pious activities are exhausted, one falls down to the material nature again. 
But when you uh, material nature means this this world of birth and death. So why take a chance? That's why I was pointing out that now that you got Krishna consciousness, hold on to that. Don't get diverted by anything else. No other allurements. Okay. And not only heavenly planets, I mean, one can even lose his Krishna consciousness with the allurement of going to America. So don't risk these possibilities. When Bhaktadas, are you ready for your question? Clarification of your question. Okay, you have the mic, yeah? So you can say it in the mic. Oh, here. Okay. Thirteen question. I have to make a lottery out of this. Go ahead. It was was mentioned that if if one feels more collect pain and pleasure with development of consciousness, then devotee having the highest level of consciousness should feel more pain and pleasure in the future. How he transcends it? Well, more advanced. No, I was asking what is the link between heart transplant? So heart transplant, you expect that the consciousness is blocked at that time. Is it with heart transplant? Okay, you, I mean, oh, you mean the operation? With the anesthetic. Okay, the anesthetic. Say that, not heart transplant. I was thinking that with heart transplant, you are getting the transplanting of consciousness. <laughs> so with the... Right. <clears throat> the more advanced is the consciousness, more acute is the sense of pleasure as well as pain. You see, a tree, you beat the tree, the tree will not protest. But a human being will protest. Right? He'll feel the pain. So, in this material nature, as you develop your consciousness and more you, as you suffer, the suffering becomes very, very intense. And by feeling how miserable this material world is, you want to get out of here. Like, you beat an animal, does the animal learn the lesson? But you beat up a man, what will you do? He'll never do that again. Right. So this is how a, <clears throat> a person in more advanced consciousness becomes more acute, becomes aware of his pain. Right? More acute the pain, meaning realizing how much is the suffering. So when you realize that you are suffering, do you want to remain in that situation? Huh? So when one becomes situated in proper spiritual understanding, he recognizes how miserable this material existence is. Therefore he wants to get out of this material nature. 
And uh, although there are various ways to get out of the material nature, which is the easiest way? Right. So take to bhakti and get out of this material suffering condition. Alright. Okay. I'll select the questions that are new. Those who have been asking questions, I will Okay, this one is from Shamshundar Krishna Das. All glories to Shishi Guru and Gauranga and Srila Prabhupada. Guru Maharaj, you stated that understanding this world is full of miseries, suffering, is the starting point of surrender. This means the person has to be dis distressed to surrender. But as you quoted from Bhagavad Gita, Jigashu or in search of absolute truth, who are not distressed also approach God. He may not be distressed, but he realizes how distressful the world is. You get it? Like three types, there are three ways you can learn. One is by hearing. One is by seeing. And one is by going through the suffering yourself. Now out of that, which is the best one? Out of these three? Just by hearing. Not that you have to go through the thing yourself. By hearing, you learn the con miserable condition. And then you want to get out of this material nature. Right? And then you find the easiest way to get out of the material nature. What's the easiest way? By surrendering to Krishna. Alright? <laughs> Not that you have to go through the... You know, as you mentioned, like, does a Jigasu have to go through the suffering himself? Or Gani has to go through the suffering himself? Not necessarily, but seeing how others are suffering. Seeing or hearing from the scriptures the real nature of this material nature. So next question is Mukunda Murari Das. Uh, the question, first question is, who are eternally bound living entities? Does it mean that they are never liberated? And what is the role of free will with them? Well, who are eternally bound living entities? You and I. Alright? We all in this material. We are bound. Realize that. Does it mean uh, that they are never liberated? I don't know whether in the past we have been liberated, but at least now we are bound. And uh, the possibility of being liberated is there by accepting Krishna consciousness. Okay. 
So very nicely follow this process of Krishna consciousness. If you want to get out of here forever. Do you want to come back again? Sure? Okay, very good. Next is Arti. Uh, okay, I'll take that question also. You mentioned that benefit of Krishna consciousness is to go back to God. But the most common answer you get from wider society is that they don't care about life after death and they are not ready to live a regulated life in this birth. How would you explain the benefit of Krishna consciousness to such a person? Well, as I say the other day, that not that everybody will intellectually understand. Like there are living entities who are like animals. They are like animals. What a human body, but their nature, their attitude, and their propensities are animalistic. Like eating, what are they doing? They are trying to derive pleasure out of eating, sleeping, mating, differently. Right? So, when they are in that kind of consciousness, what can be done? Give them Krishna Prasad. Maybe someday the Krishna Prasad will purify them. And then when they, another thing is, maintain a relationship with them. And someday when they are totally devastated, Someday they will realize what a miserable condition they are in. Then go and give them Krishna. Devashri Radhika, the state of conditioning exists. Okay, uh, while describing the Anadi state of the Nityabhadhas, you made the point. The state of conditioning existed even prior to creation. The thing is that we are not just bound in this life. We had been bound in previous lives as well. Right? So life after life, we are getting different types of bodies. Right? Which is the cause of bondage? We're getting different types of bodies due to our previous activities, previous karma. Okay? Does it answer your question? Elaborate. Uh, I may have misunderstood your words, but if this is the point you convey, could you please elaborate and explain this point? Does it explain? Yeah, yeah, good, yeah. Like, we can look at it from life after life, getting different bodies. But then let's consider annihilation. All the creation is destroyed. Then what happened? 
we get into a state of sleep. Nothing, nothing is existing, everything is destroyed. We remain in a state of unconsciousness in the body of the world. But then when again creation begins, we come back and get another body. So this is how, it's not that only, you know, like we, we are, our conditioning state is existing only now. Point is, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is telling Sanatana Goswami. Actually that's the word that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu explained him, that we, in our conditioned state, we existed even before this creation. Got the point? Like, that's why I give the example, after creation, after the crea this creation is destroyed, what will happen to us? Are, are you going to naturally go back to Godhead? Yes, we'll go back to Godhead, we'll go back to the body of Vishnu. But our consciousness, because our consciousness has developed into spiritual consciousness, we will remain in a state of sleep. Can you imagine for how long? And then when again the creation begins, we'll come back. Not straight away. We may have to wait for a long, long time to get another opportunity. Therefore, don't waste your time. Now that you got this Krishna consciousness in this life, please take full advantage of it. The next question is Okay, there are some new questions here. question is from Dominic. Uh, ashes in Ganga. If the ashes have been buried and if you unburied after many years in order to pour it in Ganga, will this be still efficient to deliver the soul? Well, I never came across this challenge. <laughs> but what you can do is, it's, it's pointless re-taking it out of the burial. But you can take some Ganga water and pour it on them. That can benefit the soul. And best way to do is, that obviously you are speaking, thinking of some person who is very near and dear to you. So pray to Krishna for their benefit. Praying will help. 
and Mimi. What is Mimi? Okay. The question is, please, I request you to enlighten me on this question. When we are new in devotional life or service, we feel more inspired and committed. How do we continue to keep the enthusiasm as years go by? Yes, when you are new, you are very enthusiastic. In Madhurja Kadambini, Srila Vishwana Chakravarti Thakur has explained that that stage is called Utsahamai. Very enthusiastic stage. But that enthusiasm is something like a child getting a new book. The child got a new book, he can't even read. But he goes to sleep with the book, he's so attached to the book. And he pretends that he is reading the book, holding the book upside down. And that stage doesn't last for very long. That leads to another stage, sometimes enthusiastic, sometimes not. It's called Ghanotarala. But uh, one must continue to render devotional service with full conviction that the result will be there. We'll get the taste. Therefore, in Shiksha, in uh, it has been pointed out that Utsahat Rupa Goswami has said in Upadishamrita, Utsahat Nishchayat Dhaijat. Maintain the Utsaha by Nishchayat, conviction, Dhaijat and being patient. So continue to render service patiently with full conviction that it will work. The result will be there. Neha is Neha. Okay. Neha, you have been mentioning all through in your lectures in the past days about developing a loving relationship with Krishna. But with the material and impure attributes we possess, What is the way to attain purity for the Supreme Godhead to establish the loving relationship? The way to do that, the way to attain that, what is needed is the following the process or practicing the process of Krishna consciousness, which begins with hearing and chanting. When you hear about Krishna, then what you get to know? You get to know how beautiful Krishna is. You get to know how opulent Krishna is. You get to know how powerful Krishna is. So in this way you become aware of Krishna's qualities. And by becoming aware of Krishna's qualities, you naturally develop. Because we are naturally attracted to this quality. We are attracted to beauty, 
we are attracted to strength we are attracted to wealth we are attracted to fame we are attracted to knowledge so these are the all the attractive qualities of krishna because he has them to the fullest extent and and this is how when you become aware how krishna possesses this quality we naturally develop our love for him ishwarya okay hari krishna guru mai please accept my humble obeisance all glories to jagat guru shri prabhupada you had mentioned about the four types of surrender are they actually the four types or four stages of surrender what i actually mention is four reasons to surrender reasons and those four reasons are distress desire to get wealth inquisitive about spiritual reality and situated in knowledge and different level different individuals will approach krishna from their own perspectives but general cause of being surrendered to krishna is for this for adis So next is Radha Krishna Chandra Das. Can you say it in Bengali what you wanted to say? Actually, I'm saying that I'm a limited person trying to know so many things through these classes. But at least what we have learned. So, can we use that in Salva? Rather than knowing so many things, uh, un- un- unlimited uh, knowledge uh, through my limited uh, uh, ability. So, is there any balancing way? You know, uh, any so what? Is there any? Is, is there any balance way and midpoint? Like you know, this much I could know, uh, this much knowledge. You know, or rather I continue with the sadhana, whatever I have learned so far. So something like that. Of course, it varies person to person. So, what's the link between sadhana and knowledge? Is your sadhana getting affected by knowledge? No, not like that, Maharaj. Maybe you know, 
maybe i trying to know more and maybe getting confused maybe more more things more queries we get to know don't get confused <laughs> and sadhana carry on like sadhana you have to do don't neglect your sadhana it is not that if you get to know things and your sadhana will be lost no when you get to know more about the importance of spiritual life you will become more fixed up in your sadhana thank you nandabraja das the question is guru maharaj you mentioned that vasudev krishna is the cause of all causes to my understanding nandasuta krishna is the supreme personality of godhead and source of all expansions of lord including vasudev krishna kindly clarify this confusion of mine limited understanding vasudev is krishna in the spiritual aspect satyam vishuddham vasudev shabditam vasudev is the vishuddha satya the spiritual reality spiritual sky and vasudev is when he is coming from that vasudev aspect right vasudev if we look at it this way vasudev is krishna's father right krishna vasudev krishna's father is vasudev now vasudev is the shuddha sattva the spiritual reality so krishna is situated in that shuddha sattva therefore when one approaches the spiritual world then his perception of the spiritual personality is not directly krishna because krishna is way beyond that so the first consideration is vasudev and that vasudev is a sarvamiti the material nature ends with vasudev krishna sarvakara so nimai sundar das <clears throat> yesterday your holiness mentioned that our gosam that our gosam is left a vast treasure behind in the form of their writings and books and through that they reveal the glories of teach glorious teachings of lord shri chaitanya mahaprabhu now if i see my situation then half of the day simply goes for the bodily maintenance and rest half of goes for regular routine sadhana and rest goes in rendering services and even though i try to minimize the bodily needs but still on top of that this literatures are in sanskrit language so considering all these consideration how can i have import or understanding of 
that treasure which they left for us. Yeah, we may not be able to read the Goswami's words, but Prabhupada has taken the essence of all the Goswami's work and gave it in his books. Therefore, by reading Prabhupada's books, we get the understanding of the Goswami's. And gradually books are being translated, like Sanatana Goswami's Brihad Bhagavanamrita has been translated. So when you have understood uh, Prabhupada's teaching is you can read those books. And how will you find the time? It's up to you. Uh, Alright. As you said, half the days goes in body maintenance. Reduce it by two hours. Right? Instead of using 12 hours out of that half the day, just use 10 hours. Six hours sleep. Two hours prashad. And another two hours etc. etc. <laughs> activities. So you have two hours saved from that. That you can use in reading Goswami literature. Alright. So next question. Also apart from language consideration, is there any qualification required to have these teachings? Because some say yes and some say no. Even among devotees. Like as I said, we may not know Sanskrit, but there are those devotees who know Sanskrit, they are translating these books. So this is how we are getting an opportunity to read them. Okay, and then there is one question without any name. Oh, I, yeah, the name is there. Uh, I am Ramanuja Krishna Das from Indore. Where is Ramanuja Krishna? Okay. I humbly ask the following question. By doing devotional service, by following Guru Shadu Shastra, can a Nittabhadra living entity become Nittamukta? Yes. That is the process. Hmm. By the process is rendering devotional service, we become free. Surrendering to Krishna, rendering devotional service, we become free from our Baddha state, bondage. Free from our bondage. Okay. Then next question is, can under any condition a Nitya Mukta become Nitya Bhattha? Generally, those who are liberated, there is no consideration of bondage. Right? Nitya Muktas don't become bound. Because they are already absorbed in serving Krishna. But if by chance one looks away from Krishna, yes, then he runs the risk of falling down. Thank you all very much. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Gold Premanande Hari Hari.